Hey, welcome back to the Young Pope. It's the officially unofficial. Actually, this is Bald Move TV. Yeah. It's unofficially, officially official podcast for all the television on Bald Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we're talking about the Young Poop. Young, young Pope. Pope. Young Poop. Uh, we're, man, this is just a shit show. Speaking yeah. of shit shows, we're about two days late. Sorry about that. Uh, we had a hiccup with our internet and TV service at the new house that prevented us from watching late. it on time. You're we're setting late. expectations. I know. Yeah. I don't think we should have any expectations for this show. That's uh, why we did a bald move TV. Yep. Nobody, nobody checks out. I, I seriously <laughs> don't, don't know. Not true. I seriously I, don't know, uh, about this show. I don't have any expectations because this episode was as inscrutable as the very mind of God. And I'm your yeah. host, Cecily. And I'm Jim. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. <laughs> so we got that out of the way. I got a question for you guys. Okay. Did God breathe on Lenny? I don't God, know, and Holy I don't know Spirit, what Lenny yeah. knows. I don't know what how Lenny feels about it. And I don't know how the show feels about it. I that's the problem. This has Mister Robot syndrome like all over it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is insanity and what is not. Just two episodes ago, he confessed that he doesn't believe the God in front of this Friar Tut guy, and everyone mm-hmm. flipped the fuck out. And he's like, "Oh no, I'm just kidding." This episode begins with him essentially the same confessing that well, he's the center of the universe and he's the most important thing, and right. it's, it's him, not God, and it's not. And no one bats an eye. Here's my theory: is I think he's lying to the friar confessional guy. Does he have a name? Tomas. Uh, no. Yeah, Tom- yeah, yeah. Even if he does, we don't care. Because later on in his room, he's when he's kneeling and smoking and praying, he's right. asking for forgiveness. That's for what I'm what saying. So here's the thing: you either don't, don't believe God or you fervently pray to God for some kind well, of. Well, he's. So I I don't think that he is lying per se when he says like i don't believe in god i think what he's saying is i don't believe in god because he's never spoke to me like he got stuck in the priesthood because that's the thing that he was apparently stuck in as an orphan child in this it is the best of his bad options right and so he went with it he becomes the pope on this career path that he never expected and then he's praying to god he's praying to this person that he doesn't believe in to show him a sign that he should believe in him, right? I guess. Like, to, to please, like, just say something to me. Because I, I want to believe in you, but I don't believe in you because I've never experienced anything. Have either of you prayed what? like that? No. Like, no. like honestly? Just so like, hard I nearly shit my pants? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've i done it twi- I've done it on a couple occasions. One, when I was huh. a sincere believer and I was legit, like, kind of in the same way. Like, what the f- – what – what is going on? Why? Because everyone says they got this personal connection with God, and I never, ever felt like I did. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm doing everything right. Why Why don't I get any of this? You know, kind of like reveal yourself to me. And then mm-hmm. I also did it kind of in a more challenging, as I got to be more of a agnostic atheist, I did a few just as like a challenging, like, all right, I'm about to not believe in you. You, you know, this is pretty much your last time to have a say in this kind of like. Right. Giving an ultimatum. Go up, you bald head. <laughs> kind of Elijah Shebear moment. He prayed so hard that he nearly shit his pants, and <laughs> he became Pope. Like, what more proof does uh, he need? That's but, a good point. And I mean, also... And that's before Voyello pulls a rug out from underneath him later, saying that they rigged the election. Right. Well, that's the thing. But Cardinal Molello, <laughs> does he... Is Which, one, which time is he sincere? When he says, that's God breathed, or when he says... <sighs> this I is a I naked knew. manipulation of power. This was this was driving. This was this was trying to bridge the gap between the extreme, uh, you know, potential pap- papacy of the, the 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 babe farmer, or you know, a mm-hmm. young, youthful, presumably libertine pope. Yeah, and I want to pull it back 
you know, a little bit. Maybe calling it Mr. Robot Season 2 is a little a little harsh. Yeah. Uh, there, you literally have someone who's insane questioning his own actions. Right. Um, here, I think they've created a bunch of manipulative liars who are manipulating and lying, and now <laughs> I don't know when they're not. Yeah. And that's and I don't that's know that... impossible. It makes it impossible to read them. Here's the manipulation that I think Boyella was trying to pull off, and that is I think he's taking credit for rigging the election that he had nothing to do with so that he could, okay. you know. So right. That's my question. Maintain his, his power. power. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to tear apart – not tear apart. I want to unpack what you just said about <laughs> the lying liars. Unpack it to shreds. And you're not sure if they're lying. Do, do they even know? Like, do any of That's these people genuinely be- believe in God and the Holy Spirit? Because if they do, then How I would feel we like tell? what I'm saying is I feel like they're in this really weird spot. And like to the extent that this is what the show is about, maybe this is the whole point. Mm-hmm. But like if you're doing all this political and very human machinations, manipulations as, as a, a course of doing business – then how do you know when God does step in? Or how do you know that what you thought was human manipulations and machinations was just the invisible hand of God guiding events? I feel like he's looking for a miracle. And he's looking for what a is... literal, physical miracle to show him something that couldn't be without the hand of God. But I'm talking about Vielo at this point. Oh, okay. Like, him, he's got to be in a pickle, too, because he's the one yeah. that he knows how the the horse flesh is traded. Mm-hmm. And yet this this thing's happened, and now it's out of his control. But he's in a dangerous position because his whole power and position comes from the sincere belief in the almighty creator that does these things. Right. And yet now he's trying to undo that to save the church? What the hell does that even mean? Can God not save his own church? What does God need with a starship? <laughs> what does God need with Voyello? I don't. I don't know. I think these are all fascinating, and interesting questions. I'm not sure if the show is taking them seriously. If the show is taking them more seriously than I'd like, maybe. Uh, I guess we have to just observe their actions and see. I do still what get a do. thrill, like when I saw Sister Mary do that press conference, mm-hmm. where she just just fucking took it to him yeah. on his behalf, and so uncomfortable doing it. He lists off all of his titles. And just how far above he is in everybody and how he's so uninterested in revealing himself or proving himself or doing anything. Uh, I thought that was super fascinating. And also, I don't understand the blonde woman's relationship with Lenny. Like, this is the woman who had the very passionless uh, missionary sex with her husband for purposes of procreation, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. and then she caught Lenny's eye, kind of uh, Bathsheba and King David style from the rooftops. Did they, they know think... each other previously? Or, like, we going to find out they grew up in the same orphanage or something? No. She seems like she's too young for him no, to be. No, he said that he just saw her on the square. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and... is is this show, is, is that actually the whole story? I, I mean, I'm What's not he... sure this is going to be, like, romantic or anything. I, I, I... I don't either. Okay. I thought that's what you were implying. Um... Okay, yeah. I mean, it could just be like he. I'm not saying it's not romantic. Okay, I'm just saying That's it's too fair early too. to say. <laughs> right, and he's Lenny is completely inscrutable. He gives that he gives this description about this one week torrid affair where he kissed this girl on the beach and then broke right. it off because he became the pope and somehow that super disappointed her. Um, and that was a formative experience for him. But I, I, I don't know. Yes, and that Esther is her name had an affair with that other guy whose name I don't know. 
the aide. Oh, right, right, right. The good-looking, the yeah, other good-looking cardinal. In the alley. So, I, I don't know. I've got, I got the impression that there's some sort of romantic thing. Hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm actually like... Maybe it won't turn physical. So, a lot of people are talking about the Pope as if he's... Like, they're disappointed in the young Pope for being a very, like, one-note thing. Like a one a one note twist on this pope, like oh yeah. a pope that doesn't believe in God. It's it, it's way more complicated than that. Oh yeah, it's right. a pope that doesn't believe in God but is searching for God. Uh-huh. A pope that wants like his own past has caused him to tell people that he's not going to lead them down this this primrose path. He's actually wants them to search in the same way that he's searching. And I think there's a lot of good parallels there with the. You know his his flock and himself. Uh, I think he's a very complicated pope. Right, he's got daddy issues, and he's trying to find that father figure in God. Yeah. and uh, and he's also trying to inflict that on all the followers of the church. Right, he wants them to suffer so that they can find God. Because if he can't, then you need to work for it too. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, I think that's way more interesting than just oh, an atheist pope. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he believes. I think he just believes in his himself above all. Seems others. like it, yeah. Um, Mary, fuck, kill, Jesus, Lenny, kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm I not mean, going is, first on that. I got to think about this. Who is more handsome? <laughs> I mean, clearly Jude Law. Jude Law's the fuck, right? Jude, Jude Law's the fuck. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like I feel like this is a f- man. You, you really threw an offensive curveball. I'm going to kill this kangaroo. <laughs> <And I'm, laughs> no. I think I'm going to marry kangaroo. Jesus. I'm marrying the kangaroo. Yeah, Jesus is a good guy. Yeah, I'm married to Jesus. I'm killing the kangaroo. And I'm fucking Jude Law. Fucking Jude Law. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean fucking. Uh, so, is there anything to the name of uh, this this woman Esther? Do you remember your Bible story, Esther? Not so that Esther, well. Esther was this. Uh, Jewish woman in exile who one of the the Persian kings married and her I think brother or maybe cousin was a Jew also living in exile and through her revealed this plot against the king that some of his advisors are taking and this guy was supposed to be rewarded but the king got busy and forgot about him and then he later was telling to his another one of his uh, confidants, and he's like, oh, I just remembered I was supposed to reward this guy who gave me this great service. What should I do? And the king's confidant says, oh, you should make him second to the king because he was thinking that he was in line for this blessing. And then he ends up uh, you know, giving it to this guy named Mordecai instead. There, There's a little bit to – didn't she say that she's not from Rome or she's not from the Vatican? Like, There's something about her – in this episode, not Earth. Be- She's not from Earth. She's not from Earth. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know. I, don't I wonder remember. if there's anything to this, because there's this, like, you know, this, these people are scheming against her. Is she going to be the one that reveals the scheming? Although it doesn't seem like this. a lot of scheming is happening, happening uh, beneath the surface. It seems like mm-hmm. Lenny is aware that the Cardinals don't like him and want to do away with him, and he's sending them to Alaska. And, right. Yeah. You know. Can we talk about the globe for a second? The globe is yeah. a cool that visual. That globe is insane i yeah. love that globe yeah. yeah it's incredible i don't know which like why they decided to write certain cities on there and not others but that's a badass i wonder globe. if that's where the dioc- dioceses are oh maybe like they're only uh, like if but why would alaska have one does every state have one does every region 
Uh, also, I love that line. Beauty at low temperatures is beauty. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just the ultimate fuck you. That's true. I mean, just the way he deals with these guys is kind kind mm-hmm. of incredible. Did he actually point to San Francisco? He went Sacramento, I think. Is yeah, where he, he kind of missed, and then he moved his old old triple fingers California. over there. But he was going to get sent to Alaska yeah. no matter what. Oh he yeah, did. I yeah. knew as soon as he started spinning the globe, this guy's going to a cold place. <laughs> right. Yeah. He had these beautiful warm gardens. It's got to be different. Uh, where is no can, can we chart the relationship between Lenny and Sister Mary at this point? Is Sister Mary back on board with him? I think she's always been on board with him, but I Man. think she just is more interested. I mean, you know, the mother figure. She wants to try to reel him in. So she's also fastened as Viello guy in the no, contrast. I think that those two are working together, but for different reasons. Okay, they both want to control him, reel him in, do it for the good of the church, whatever it is their motives are. And but. she's willing to manipulate him in order to do that. So it looks like she's working against him, but she's working in what she thinks are his best interests. Right. Right. And what do you think of when that old ass guy came in to demonstrate the weight of God to Cardinal Babe? Babe Farmer. I, why does that deconstruct a human being? And I a... don't. He. It, it, it's like Saul being <laughs> struck so blind drunk. on the road to Damascus. Like right. he had a this genuine religious moment. Up. I can do that. I'm doing it right now to you. Are you I don't feel anything? any weight. I don't feel like you're giving God weight. I tried. Your I feel like you're giving God a uh, hernia test. Oh, God. <laughs> like, 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 t- turn, turn to the side. Can you cough, God? I. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Like, I and I, I, is that some? Is that is that like an old school like Catholic priest teaching that's like brought him back to his boyhood? And I mean, especially coming from, I think Spencer himself alluded to either not believing fully in God or or saying that you know believing everything that happens or all these great things that happen being a miracle is false. So I think that hmm. that same okay. person just breaking down at the end of the episode with that display. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe he and the smoking guy have some sort of history. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like in the same way that Lenny and Spencer are connected. Yeah. In in a similar way, Spencer's connected with this old guy. Can we call him the smoking man? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the movie, Bill Maher's movie, Religious? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Because I had this, the thought is like, I wonder if there's people. I bet there are people at the Vatican who are atheists, like mm. highly placed priests. Uh, and do you remember like when Bill Maher's having a conversation with the official, like the Vatican astronomer? And I, I remember mm. this conversation, and I, at the end, I think Bill Maher kind of came to the realization that maybe this guy was at agnostic, if not atheist, and they kind of had this little chuckle about it. And I, right. I, 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 I kind of want to go back and see just for that scene, because that would be kind of – that's incredible to me. Like, why the fuck do you wear the robes and you have the crosses and you do all this if you're going to be an atheist? Like, what is that well, – how, how do you justify and rationalize that? I think that some people need God – for a couple of reasons. One is that you're scared of death. No, I agree. And yeah. another is that you need some sort of moral compass and you think that it lies there. Mm-hmm. I've actually had someone say to me once, if you don't believe in God, then how do, how are you not out stealing or killing people? Mm-hmm. Like that. You just need, I don't think that's, I mean, you that's, just need some sort of rule book. But I I don't I, I think I, it's like it's like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Like we don't believe in Santa Claus, but we tell children that he's real so that they just have you know some sort of hope or care. Or but that's so weird because like I I think that's what people say because they haven't given it serious thought. Yeah. 
Uh, because like morals are not derived are not, from a source like that. Yeah, exactly. and children aren't good because of Santa Claus. They're good like bad kids, you know, than good kids. Like you know, a bad kid's not going to be good just because he thinks Santa's not going to visit him. Like that's just kind of inside you and how you roll. So like I feel like that that's just but but if you don't think about it, it's like oh well yeah. If you don't believe in God, then why don't you just do whatever the hell you want to all the time without because, stopping and realizing that like yeah. you know just find it in yourself. Yeah, right. And, and there are rewards other than pleasing God for morality, for sure. ethics. I mean, th- there are some very tangible benefits to being a moral human being. And moral in the, like, objective sense, not in, like, the, the biblical sense. Because, you know, right. there's some things that they're considered moral and clean that have no basis in any kind of sure. non-religious context. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I don't know. The other thing that I was very confused about this episode, or not confused, just to know how to take, is um, the the friar. Uh, you said his, you had his name down. Tomasi, yeah. Uh, he, it seems like you'd need something a little stronger than alcoholism hmm. to get a guy to betray a pope, especially this pope. No, that's a different guy. Tomaso's not the confessional guy, is he? Well, the guy in the roof? The guy, the no, guy, alcohol, no, the guy with the beard, people. the um, his friend, his name is Gutierrez. the like ultimately pure guy, Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Oh, Gutierrez. Okay, but isn't he? <laughs> isn't he? Uh, That's his like walking around the garden confessional. But, but talk my point talk. still, my point still stands. Like this guy is a right. true believer. Like no. you revealing your alcoholism and getting like, do you first of all, do you think the Pope would allow that to happen? If you went, if you went right to the Pope and said, "Holy Father, you know, Cardinal Moleface is is uh, <laughs> tried to blackmail me because I have a I have a problem. I have a sin." You think the young Pope is going to be like, get the, well? He actually might. I think I the young Pope he, would have been like, he, he might it's be cool, like, dude, don't worry about or, it. Or he might be like, you've fallen short of my mark of perfection. Get the fuck out. Who knows? Yeah. But I feel like that. You know, and b- being willing to kind of like flip on him, especially this pope, that felt a little unrealistic to me. Well, what is he really giving up? The story of how he juggled oranges for a girl on a beach. But he also the 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 pope <laughs> yeah. quote unquote joked about him not believing in God. Like that's something he could drop. Right, mm-hmm. that's a different guy though. Is it? Yeah. I can't. What are we talking I honestly, about? the <laughs> confessor- rooftop 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 confessional guy. like dash. <laughs> Dashboard confessional. Rooftop confessional is not the same guy as that uh, all now good that guy, priest. Could, it would be believable if you blackmailed him. I mean, he's okay. so shaken by the things he's hearing that I think he'd be ready to just talk about it. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'm conf- I don't have the, all the monks right because <laughs> okay, Tomasi and Guterres all seem like the same guy to me. Yeah. I'm Definitely not sure. two so different guys. Can you describe to me what Guterres's role is? He's the more innocent, the orange juice guy. The orange juice. He's the, he's, garden he's, of the, orange he's juice. the more innocent of the two. He was the guy mm. that was in that inner sanctum that had the light coming through the window, and that's right. how he first heard God speak to him. Yes. I don't know what his role is. And the, uh, con- the rooftop confessional is just that guy plus the guy that Viello told uh-huh. that he has nothing to confess. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Okay. And I don't think he's been in really any other scenes. All right. So you you guys yeah. didn't have a problem with Gutierrez being blackmailed over his alcoholism? No, I did a little bit. Me okay. too. I yeah. mean, throw out the bottles and... I mean, if you're in that tight... Right. With, yeah. And if you're in well, that tight with the... Well, then you've got the... crippling symptoms of... Um, yeah, alcohol <laughs> withdrawal. Alcohol withdrawal, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> or maybe be a, a smidge more discreet than having a box right. full of liquor. I mean, screwdrivers an would not have a box full of you know an open bar. Yeah, you but how have, you can't tell how me that many this guy's liquor stores hold? are in a Vatican City, and how often like maybe he does have to buy it by the case. Oh, he's got to smuggle it I in. I mean, those were yeah. a bunch of different bottles. Alcoholics have one giant bottle of their liquor of choice, or like a mm. case of it, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Put it in a flask, and you know, he, nip off of it. And... I now understand why he runs the Orange Grove. I think the most because he makes screwdrivers. screwdrivers. He relentlessly yeah. drinks screwdrivers. Yeah. I mean, I think the most unbelievable part of that scene for me was that a grown man has that many stuffed animals on his bed. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like some of those priests Dude. probably get pretty weird. Yeah. I mean, there's like molest boys weird, and then there's just like, you know, standard single guy who's like 60 years old. Are we implying this guy is trying to attract children to his no, bed? No, 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 no. I'm saying like, you his know. sexual maturity like, is I, stunted. I, yeah. So like he's I, like a child. I've known a guy who's kind of like life dedicated to God at the expense of, you know, family and women and any kind of thing. And he was kind of weird. I could see him yeah. having stuffed animals or, or or stuff like that. So, like, I think that was just to kind of emphasize his innocence. I'm actually surprised. This is the first time I've noticed this in the series. But now that we're talking about beds, the Pope's bed is decidedly unimpressive. Like. Right. It's essentially a twin bed, maybe a full, with yeah. not that elaborate of a headboard. You would think when you look at fucking Vatican City that he would have this enormous, like, immaculate, immaculately dressed bed. Like Don't the you bed think he woke up in in his dream in the first episode? See, I think that's his. Oh, was it? I, I, I think I that's his that. choice. That like would... that's in contrast to Dakar. Like he lives in a palace, but he lives very simply and frugally. Whereas in Voyello, contrast, Voyella, right. who just lives it the fuck up, but. Right. It does seem like he has a core of genuine, unshakable, selfless belief that mm-hmm. Linny may not have. Yeah. I, I mean, is that to punish himself? <laughs> yeah, and way? also how how long can this just be – this just the, the contrast of this be interesting? Like I don't know. Like there's not a mm-hmm. lot of plot here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talking about plotting and talking about things and building coalitions and stuff, but there's not a lot of things happening. Like I, I think it's interesting that like, you know uh, – it feels very realistic how the press and how the laity are dealing with this, just yeah. like in just disbelief and, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and him using his sister Mary as a spokesperson. But that's the other thing is like, I just feel like him and sister Mary were very much at odds, which I thought was abrupt. And here they're a little bit like some of that rift has been healed. Uh, but maybe that's natural. If you've got this really deep relationship that's been going for 30, 40 years, just because the new Pope jerks your chain once, are you going to like instantly turn against him? Or is it going to hurt your feelings, and you're going to be kind of like, oh, I don't know sure how I feel about that, and the next week, like, oh, okay, I guess, I, I, you know, I guess, I guess we'll start start over. Depends whether or not he sends you to Alaska. <laughs> Were you surprised at how many priests said the word "fuck" this this episode? <laughs> yeah, especially Voyello. That yeah. was an amazing moment. Yeah. Like, this show continues to deliver some truly amazing scenes. Yeah. Like that scene with Voello, the scene with Spencer, I thought was fantastic. Yep. The scene with the cardinal who gets dismissed to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the intro that we didn't talk yeah. about. Oh my god! The with intro. just him walking forever down this hall and then turning to the camera and winking, winking at the end. So good. Yeah, there's uh, this fireball. There was a comet. Yeah, like a, a comet. comet going through. The, the then destroyed the traditional pontiff at the end, and, and it was kind it of killing everybody along the way. It uh, seemed. Yeah, none of the paintings moved until the very last two hit the comet hit an umbrella and knocked it over, and then the last painting I think 
I'm going to say it's Rome was set on fire. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Rome is burning. Is and like, then it knocks over this ponto, which I thought was like if you took an artist and said, draw a representative of like John Paul II and Emperor Palpatine and whoever the current guy is, like that's what you'd end up with. He's like an amalgam of all the last three popes. Right. And, he's and then dis- have him turn and wink at the camera. He's well, no, that the Pope is being like you know uh, the the comments being embedded in his ass. I don't not that's that's weird. But then yeah, the new Pope then wink. Yeah, so good, so good. I, I just don't think all the scenes hang together as well as I'd like right. to make it a just a more a better told story. Like individually, they're amazing. Yeah, some very but, striking scenes. Yeah. It feels consciously like an art. And I, I know I've been following the discussion on the forums, and it, there's been a lot of discussion. This guy, this Paolo Sorrentino, and how kind of like his particular style of movie making and, and artistic expression this, this seems to be a piece of. But, you know, like I like an art house flick as much as the next person, but those things are usually 60 to 90 minutes long, and it's ooh and ah, and like, yo, you think about the existential state of mankind and nature, and then you think about it for a couple of days and it's over. Like, is this something that can sustain hours and hours and hours of scrutiny? I'm starting to I, feel I'm that still way. in on it, but like, I feel this is the first episode where I'm like, I'm not so sure about this. I felt the exact same way. I think it may have been the shot at the very end where they're, you know, I guess it's a drone is lifting up and then in the back it's coming down. I don't, I don't know. It seems gratuitous. <laughs> it was just I mean, like a lot art of this for does, yeah. Sake. Right. Like the wind blowing through the nuns as they're sitting in the garden. I thought that was beautiful, but um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I think for me, the, the bigger arc that I'm interested in is kind of, can this infallible power of the Pope stand up to an organized rebellion of Cardinals? Like how do the Cardinals deal with someone they can't remove from power? When he's completely flaunting everything they can, and they about. can't. I mean, the only they way I can think of is power. The, they can to, kill him. They can kill him or convince him to step down. Right. But there's nothing they can do short of those two that removes the pope from power. Yeah. Right. Because he's not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. There are rules to this. Could they? De- they could depose him if he can. They if he was in flagrant disregard of some of those rules. I don't know. I don't I, know I'm not sure if they can. Like he is the word of God. He is. The breath of God? <laughs> yeah, for all intents and purposes, he is right. the God of the church. So I don't even know if they there's a mechanism for them to oust him. Maybe some of our listeners know. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought there would be a lot of, like, corrections and stuff to our Catholic theology. Maybe I know Catholic, nothing about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. wonder if, and I only know, like, essentially anti-Catholic propaganda that was right. taught to me from a very young age by my former religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, like, true dyed-in-the-wool Catholics probably don't watch this show. Probably. And to the extent that you would be former upset Catholics and offended. Would, though. My family's Catholic, and I went to a Lutheran high school for a while. You said, so, why don't you know oh, this weird. shit? I do know. What, what questions do you have? Uh, <laughs> what's it all about is god real have you talked to him uh should we do i got a little bit of fee- feedback um oh, some of right. which i can use or just uh, this is one in particular i want to talk uh, uh, uh to, to address <laughs> okay to stutter and stammer over uh steve says i have a dilemma with shows like the young pope as a third or fourth generation of my family depending on the side to have atheism as my inherited belief system i'm huh. religiously religiously illiterate to a shocking level 
So bad that in my 30s, I just learned this month that the phrase separate, separate the wheat from the chaff has biblical undertones. <laughs> oh, boy. My question is that I can never tell how much I'm missing in a show like this. You've spoken many times on other shows about when there is a biblical illusion and spoke compellingly about it with just enough snark to keep me fully engaged. <laughs> Do you think as a consumer pop culture, a reading of the scriptures is necessary or helpful? I've tried before, but I gave up around a story of Lot when I determined it to be immoral and unhealthy. Well, you don't, you, you don't think that a guy who, who offers his daughters up to a roving rape gang then flees <laughs> to the mountains after his wife gets turned to salt for the crime of looking back at her old home being destroyed uh-huh. and then gets so drunk he fucks his two daughters? You think that's immoral? I, 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 I don't know. I think you're just not, not you reading it correctly. don't derive your morals from God. Uh, given your background, any input or advice you have this topic would be fascinating. Um, I, what do you guys? I, man, think? I think don't read it. No, it's it's just like if you want to read it, read it from a fiction standpoint. Right. Yeah, find like, a book that covers it or as a historical Greek mythology. Like it just hits the high points. Right. Right. Just like this is what the people of this time thought and believed and realized that it's. Or, it has nothing to do with reality. Because I think the Bible has a lot of fantastic mythology. There's some really sure. cool concepts and lore if mm-hmm. you treat it like that. Just like if you go back and read like Greek mythos, right. you know, some of the stuff that the you know gods of Olympus got up to was genuinely interesting. Some of the things that the judges and kings of Israel did were pretty badass and cool. Um and and like you said, there's a lot of like the underpinnings of especially Western culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of baked in that you you probably missed out on. But I also feel strongly that just like you don't need to be a master hacker or even a computer tech you know professional to enjoy something like Mr. Robot. If this show is constructed well, you shouldn't have to be a Catholic or have any kind of knowledge of inside workings of religion to enjoy it because it's 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 incumbent upon the show to explain to you the language in which it's trying to tell its story. Do you think it's doing a good job in that regard? I don't know, because here's the thing I was going to also say, Steve, is that I think that this show is intentionally confusing and obtuse, hopefully to deliver a payload, like to obscure the thing that they're trying to do so when it hits you, it hits at maximum effect. Which you can, like, and that's the thing, like, there's a lot of shows where, you know, I'm ignorant of particular details where I'm like, Am I not getting this because I'm stupid? Am I not getting this because I'm ignorant? Or am I not getting this because I'm not supposed to get it? Right. And I think as someone who is steeped in biblical lore, if not Catholicism, that you're just not supposed to get it yet. I think for this show in particular, uh, an intimate knowledge of the Bible isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the politics of how the church works is right. more the questions that I have. I think for a show like The Leftovers... Having mm-hmm. that knowledge really unlocks a lot of things for you, but that's why. Yeah, we that have makes sense. Well, it's, it's kind of like reviews, you know. So you know, just skip the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's a long, boring book with a lot of, uh, let's say, chaff that could have been separated from that fucking wheat. Because I tell you what, if, if you got if you got through lot, you would have been eventually broken by numbers, which is literally yeah. just yeah. chapters and chapters of genealogy and how yep. many people are in this tribe and how many people are in that tribe. And as someone who's read the Bible through three or four times whew, so i, I started do think, skimming at that part i do think that this show is leaning on some sort of embedded cultural knowledge of catholicism mm-hmm. uh because yeah. you know most people do know something about it at the very least they know like seen exorcist oh the smoke goes up that means a new pope is elected yeah. right like they they know they're they're leaning a little bit on that kind of stuff but i don't feel like too heavily yeah 
because you know, I still get it and I don't know anything about it. Right, right, right. So I, I feel like that at this phase in the pro- process, you're supposed to be a little lost and you're supposed to be a little confused and uncertain. And maybe that's a deliberate artistic choice to reflect the confusion and conflict within Linny itself. Um, but if the show is successful, it should be successfully pitched to people of all levels. And like, you know, it's arguable. Like, would Mad Men be more enjoy- enjoyable if you took a couple of college level literature classes? So yes. you got like when you see Don Draper sure. reading a per- any particular Dante's Inferno, Dante's Inferno for example, you kind of get the illusions and the themes. Yeah. But also that's secondary level of enjoyment. It's like, you know, drinking whiskey. Does whiskey taste good? Sure. Does it taste bad? Yeah, no. If you get further into that, you start to appreciate its nose and its bouquet and its body and it's like like mm. you know. So, like, but but you don't need to know that to know whether it's good or bad. Does does Christ that have does, a bouquet? Christ has a I he bet. has a body. I'm pretty sure he had a nose. What about a bouquet? <laughs> I wonder what what Jesus smelled like because I I do believe that Jesus is a real live person. Okay. That you know, obviously, didn't walk on water or transform water into wine, but uh, you know, like I am kind of fascinated about what was the man actually like. I think he smelled a lot like Ned Stark. <laughs> he yeah. probably smelled like everyone did two thousand years ago. Exactly, like body odor, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. body odor, and and uh, you know, people that need to take showers and and scrub with the bar of zest. Unless he was in the river baptizing people, and then boom, he smelled like a a sweet sweet orange grove. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think the people, like, uh, I don't know. If you live by a river or an ocean or a lake, you just take a bath every day because surely, yeah. like, yeah. The, the lack of smell is preferable to any kind of smell. So you just take a bath every day. But yeah, turns out, used to it. Turns out people did the opposite. They just bathed less. Just really leaned into the stench. Um, so there you go. And plus, you know, Christ. Uh, he's got the stink of Christ on him. He's a perfect human being, so he probably didn't sweat or stink at all. <laughs> That's true. Less. Yeah, you know, he definitely he sweat blood on the crucifix. Oh yeah, legend says. Cried blood. That's pretty. Too? That's pretty know. metal. <laughs> pretty metal. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? The I know I got a little bit of other feedback, but I think we've been covering most of the themes and stuff. Um, nope. Oh boy, more. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see if this thing turns the corner because right now I kind of feel like I'm at the I'm I'm on a tightrope with it a bit. I could fall either way. We're still on kangaroo watch. Still on Kangaroo Watch. Yeah. We had a kangaroo sign. Is the kangaroo... Because kangaroo's a little bit like Batman. You look away and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible under fluorescent lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you hear him talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, all, we're waiting for, for the kangaroo's speech. <laughs> do Fight make, me. Did we make this joke last time? I'm pretty sure we did. What, Batman? Yeah, kangaroo? Batman I voice. I don't know. We've been doing a lot of Batman voice ever since the Dark Knight Commission. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's your weekly dose of the the young pope. Uh, if you'd like to send us uh, feedback on it, send it in to TV at baldmove dot com. Uh, this is a little loosey goosey. Can't guarantee you're going to read everything. Uh, there is a raucous discussion going on in the forums every week. Uh, you can join us uh, there at forums dot baldmove dot com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week on Monday, hopefully. Till then, I'm Aaron. I'm Cecily. I'm Jim. See ya.